0: Alright, welcome everybody, welcome everybody on social media, so glad that you're here today and uh, looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Let's go to 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter. 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, and the 12th verse, the Apostle Paul is writing here and he says this, he says in the first part of that verse, he says, fight the good fight of faith, fight the good fight of faith. I don't know if you realize it or not, but we as Christians, we're in a fight. And he said uh, to Timothy, he said, fight the good fight of faith. And then in Galatians, the sixth chapter, Galatians, the sixth chapter and the ninth verse, the Apostle Paul writes there and he says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. Notice, you know, it's real easy to become weary in well-doing, but he says, let us not be weary in well-doing. You know, you get in a fight, it can get weary at times. But he says, uh, let us not be weary, you know, in well-doing, in the fight that we have here as Christians. He says, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And, you know, if we faint not, we could say it this way. If we do not become discouraged, you know, it's real easy to get discouraged, especially in this time now with all this COVID and everything that's going on and things shut shut down and so forth and so on. It's real easy to become discouraged and lose heart and give up and quit. But the Apostle Paul has told us here, he said, Hey, we're in a fight, but let's don't be weary and well-doing. We will reap in due season if we faint not, if we do not become discouraged, if we do not lose heart, if we do not give up and quit. Now, you know, uh, again, so we must faint not. And, uh, you you know, many things can happen in a fight. Have you ever seen two people get in a fight? Have you ever seen a boxing match on television or a wrestling match? You know, and uh, I used to watch the uh, the wrestling at the Chase when I was a kid, and then that evolved into the w w f wrestling and all of that and uh, uh, you know of course we all know wrestling's real don 't we 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 certainly know that you know <laughs> well anyway my my grandma she thought it was real i 'll tell you for sure you couldn 't tell her otherwise. she thought it was real and uh, uh, <laughs> I mean she really 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 did but uh, much I could say about that, but many things can happen in a fight. You know, you can be winning for a while, then you can be losing for a while and you know there can be ebbs and flows, ups and downs and you watch a fight, you know I've watched many wrestling matches and you think one guy's gonna win because he's beat down so bad but then you know he he gets back on his feet he comes around and you know and you've seen it in boxing matches you know I didn't watch as much boxing as I, as I did wrestling. Now boxing is real, wrestling isn't altogether real, if you hadn't guessed by now, it isn't altogether real, but the, you know, the stuff on television, you know. But the boxing is real, but you know, you, you've watched that I guess maybe over the years and a boxer will be up and then it'll be down and things will, you know, ebbs and flows in a fight. But you know, what I really want to talk to you today about is, 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 is the towel, the towel. I brought this towel from home. I want to talk to you about a towel as it pertains to a fight, as it pertains to a a boxing match, you know, a fight. I want to talk to you about a towel. There's two things that can be done with a towel as it pertains to a fight. Two things that can be done with a towel as it pertains to a fight. First thing is, is you can throw it in. You can throw in the towel, you can just throw, throw it in. Now if you don't know what that means, let me tell you, you know the trainer, a boxer, every boxer has a trainer, and the trainer, when, uh, when they would look and see that their boxer in the ring was getting pummeled by the other, the other, the other boxer and the living tar was being beaten out of their, uh, their boxer, what a trainer could do is he could take the towel and he'd throw it in the ring. And when he threw that towel in the ring, uh, that meant that, hey, we're giving up, we're quitting, and, and the referee, when that towel would come into the ring, and the referee to see that towel, you know, fly into the ring, then that was an indication that, that, uh, you know, stop the fight, you know, they've given up and they've quit. And so one thing you can do with a towel is you can throw it in, which is a, which is symbolic and a signal of that, hey, we're giving up and we're quitting. Now, the other thing that you can do with a towel, as it pertains to a fight, is this. Is, you know, in between rounds, you know, as the boxers are fighting, you know, there's different rounds. You know, round one, round two, and the bell, you've heard the bell ring, and then the the, the boxer would come over to the corner, you know, and he'd sit in the corner. Both boxers would go to their neutral corners, you know. But in between rounds, and especially after a really tough round, Boxers are sometimes. And here's the second thing you can do with the fan uh, or with the towel. Is sometimes the the trainer will take the towel and fan the boxer. Have you ever seen that? You know, where they'll take the you know the boxer sitting there you know in the corner and uh, you know they they st- shot water in his mouth and all that. And then the trainer will take the towel and he'll fan uh, you know he'll he'll fan uh, his boxer. And what he's doing there is he's trying to refresh. He's trying to refresh his boxer, you know, before the bell rings to go out for another round, you see. So there's two things that can be done with a towel as it pertains to a fight. First thing is you can throw it in, which means, hey, we're giving up, we're quitting, we've had enough. And the second thing you can do is you can take the towel and, you know, you can be fanned with it. You know, you can fan the boxer and that brings refreshing and gets, gets that boxer ready to go for another round, you see. And so, um, what, what I want to say to you today is, because I think all of us have been in, in, you know, all of us have been fighting for a long time as Christians, haven't we? I mean, you know, just living in the world as a Christian, Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. But then he said, don't faint. So I tell you what, I'm here today to encourage all of us, encourage everyone that's here, listening here in this sanctuary, everybody on social media. I just feel like the Holy Spirit has me here to encourage you and say, hey, we are not going to throw in the towel. We're not gonna throw in the towel. We're not going to do it. We're not going to throw in the towel, but uh, the Holy Spirit has me here today, and He has me here to fan you. He has me here to fan you. I think everybody needs a little fanning. I said everybody needs a little fanning. I said everybody needs a little fanning. I'm here today to fan you. I'm here today to fan you on social media. Glory to God. Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're watching. Hey, the Holy Spirit has me here to fan you. You need to be refreshed. You need to be encouraged. You need to be built up so that you don't faint. Glory to God. And so that when the bell rings, you can go back out and fight another round. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. So I'm here today. As a fanner, I'm the fanner. That's a better deal than throwing in a towel, isn't it? How many of you'd rather be fanned than throw it in? Let's don't throw it in. Let's get fanned. Glory to God. Will you let me fan you today? Will you let me fan you? Will you let me, by the power of the Holy Spirit, fan you today? Just to encourage you. We all need it. We all need it. You know, I think in the Bible, I think about in the Bible, some great examples of this very thing that I'm talking to you about today. You know, I think about Joshua. Remember Joshua back in the Old Testament? You know, after they had that great victory at Jericho. Remember that? And then they went up on that next city. It was called Ai. And uh, long story short, they had the great victory at the against that great city Jericho. But then they went up against this little bitty city named Ai. And, and, and the people of God suffered a tremendous defeat. And Joshua... He was dismayed as a result of that loss because he couldn't figure out, you know, how can we, how can we beat that big city Jericho and now we've lost to this little bitty opponent? I mean, we, we beat the world champion. You know, just a few weeks ago or whatever, we beat the world champion Jericho, and, and we took them out. You know, by the power of God. And now we face this little bitty, scrawny opponent, AI, and, and, and we got whipped. And he's he's all upset about it. He's dismayed. And he can't understand how how he got defeated. Defeated. Have you ever wondered how something's defeated you? You know, and you really should have beat it. You really should have won the victory. It really was no match for you. But somehow or another, it just it just blindsided you, you know, and you're you're down on the mat. Well that's what happened to to uh Joshua and and he's down on the mat, so to speak. He's actually down, he's laying on the ground after this defeat. He's actually down on the ground and he's talking to the Lord. He's dismayed and and, and with this defeat and he's moaning and groaning. Has anybody ever moaned and groaned besides me? And he's down moaning and groaning? And then the Bible says this, one of the greatest statements in the Bible The Bible says this, the Lord speaks to Joshua, and you know what he said? He said this, he said, get up, glory to God. I think that's what we all need to hear, uh, you know, when we're down on the mat, and the devil's (laughs) dealt us a blow and we're down on the mat. We just need to hear that, get up, get up. We need somebody to tell us, get up. And that's what God told Joshua. God said, get up. Why? Here's what he said, why do you lie there on your face? Think about Joshua laying down on his face, laying down like that, whipped, you know, and couldn't understand how they lost to such, a, such a, a a little bitty, 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 bitty opponent. And he's down and he's all discouraged and God comes in there. God comes in there with the fan. He comes in there with the fan and he says to Joshua, he says, Get up! Why are you lying there on your face? Isn't it good to be fanned by God? And that's what God did. God fanned him, because I think Joshua was probably ready to just throw in the towel, you know. But God came in there and fanned him and, and said, Get up. Why do you lie there on your face? And... Uh What happened was, is God showed Joshua the reason that they were defeated. And I won't go into all that, but he showed him the reason. And, uh, Joshua dealt with the problem. And you know what? As an end result, he did not throw in the towel. He fixed the thing that was wrong. He, he fixed the thing, you know, with Achan and all of that. You know how Achan took some of the, the accursed things and all that. But Joshua fixed the problem and then he went on. He didn't throw in the towel. He got fanned by God. He got up and he went on. He dealt with the problem. And, he, and then they went back and they fought that opponent again. They fought AI again. And this time they whipped them to smithereens. And then he went on down the road and fought other battles and won other battles as well. Isn't that wonderful? Didn't throw in the towel. I'm sure Joshua was glad he didn't throw in the towel. I'm sure that he was very glad that uh, he just accepted the fanning from God, got refreshed, made the corrections, and went right on, beat that little opponent, and then went on to win other battles. Glory to God. And then I think of another one. I think of another one. David at Ziklag. Remember King David at Ziklag? And while David and his soldiers were away, the Amalekites invaded Ziklag. And they burned it and took captive all the women and the children. And then eventually David and his men, they came back to Ziglag. And they found it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. And, uh, you know, David and his men lifted up their voices and wept. Because, you know, this is a great defeat. Great defeat. And they lifted up their voices and they wept. Have you all ever lifted up your voices and wept in the midst of... Of some tragedy, and they lifted up their voices and they wept. And the Bible says they wept until they had no more power to weep. I mean, that's I mean, that's a time to consider anyway. Throwing in the towel? Are we going to throw in the towel? They'd cried out all their tears; they had no more to cry. And, And and the Bible says David was greatly distressed, and his men spoke of stoning him. Now, think about that. His own men were considering turning on David. Think about how low David must have been. Think about how discouraged he must have been. And, uh, and, and the temptation ever before him to throw in the towel and give up and quit. But you know what? The Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You know, i found this in life, that there's not always people going to be around to encourage us when we need them to be there. But one thing's for sure, we can take the towel, don't throw it in, but take the towel and fan yourself, glory to God. You can take the towel and fan yourself. And that's what David did, he took the towel and he fanned himself. And he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And, and what he actually did is he gave himself a pep talk. You know what a pep talk is? Sometimes you need to give yourself a pep talk. You know, I've given a lot of people pep talks over the years. But you know, every once in a while, I've got to give myself a pep talk. Just start talking to myself. Just start quoting the Word of God to myself. Just, you, you understand what I'm saying? And when we do that, what we're doing is we're taking the towel and we're fanning ourselves. We're refreshing ourselves so that we don't faint. And give up and quit. And that's what David did. He encouraged himself in the Lord is God. He fanned himself, gave himself a pep talk, and then he inquired of the Lord. Listen to this. After he gave himself a pep talk, he inquired of the Lord and he asked the Lord, he said, Shall I pursue this, this enemy? Shall I overtake them? What should I do? And then God answered him, and you know what God said to him? God said, Pursue. For you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, you shall recover all. Now, you see, now God is coming in there and fanning him, you see? Now God's coming in there and fanning him and saying, hey, pursue, go on, overtake this enemy and, and beat them. And, 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 and so, I'm sure David was real glad that he didn't throw in the towel. I'm sure he was real glad that he fanned himself, got himself together, and you know what? He went on, he, he pursued, he did what God told him to do, and he and he experienced a great, 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 great victory. You know, David's the same one that wrote the 23rd Psalm. Did you know that? And he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, and so on and so forth. And you know, you've heard this said before, but it bears repetition. When you're going through that valley of the shadow of death, when you're going through it, don't stop. Don't don't stop. Don't stop. stop. When you're in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, don't stop. Don't stop in the middle of that valley and throw in the towel. No, when you're in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, you know what you do? You get out the towel, then you start fanning fanning yourself. Can you say amen? Just start fanning yourself and, and encourage yourself and then just keep right on going and go on out the other side, on to victory. Glory to God forevermore. I tell you what, this is exciting. This excites me, I tell you. Praise God. And then you think, I mean, we could go on and on. But think about Job. You ever hear about Job in the Old Testament? Job, he was the richest man in the East. And you know what? He lost it all. Not only did he lose all his money, but he lost his children. Can you imagine losing one child, how bad that would be? But he lost all of his children at the same time. They were all destroyed at one time. Think about losing, losing a child. But then think about losing them all at the same time. Think how low Job must have been. Think how low he must have been. Think how discouraged he must have been. And uh, the Bible says that when this happened, he did not throw in the towel, but he fell on the ground and he began to worship God. That's what we need to do when bad news comes. That, that's what we need to do when we're facing difficult situations. Don't be so quick to just throw in the towel and give up and quit, but do what Job did. He fell to the ground. He began to worship God. And then, and, but then after that happened, guess what? He went on and lost his health. His health was taken away from him. You know, you can read it over in the book of Job. The devil came in and attacked Job. And, and then Job not only lost all his money, lost his children, but then he lost his health. And uh, if you don't know the story, I'll, I'll tell you this. His wife came in. Now, you know what? I've got a good wife. I have a real good wife. And whenever I get low, whenever I get down, she'll come in with the towel and start fanning me, you know. And my wife and I, we've fanned each other over the years. Sometimes I'll get low and I'll want to throw in the towel and she'll come in and she'll fan me and get me all refreshed, you know. There's a few times she's been a little bit low. She's wanting to throw in the towel. I come in with the fan and fan her, glory to God. I tell you what. I, and then you know, I don't know if I ought to say this, but you know a hot flash comes every once in a while here and i i'll, I'll fan I'll fan her i've been fa- I've been fanning her a little more in recent in recent days. Somebody look tell me is she laughing or is, <laughs> if, if, if she's not laughing, I'm gonna need somebody to come up here and fan me. I'll tell you for sure <laughs> Is she laughing? okay, then I'm all right but but job, you know. He had a wife that wasn't gonna fan him. In other words, he had a wife that was telling him, throw in the towel. You know what she told him? She said, curse God and die. You know, that's the worst thing you can do. You know, I mean, you don't want to die cursing God. You never want to curse God, but that's the kind of wife he had, you know. And, uh, and, and so, uh, But nonetheless, even in the midst of that... And then, by the way, he had three friends show up. You remember Job and his three friends? And they certainly didn't bring the towels to fan Job. They certainly didn't. If anything, they, they discouraged him and brought him lower than he was was before, you know. They were a bunch of towel-thrower-inners, you know, between between his three friends, you know, and his wife. I, I'm i shocked that Job didn't throw in the towel, but he had better sense than that, you know. And he just kept fanning himself, you know, and he worshiped the Lord, and, 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 he, and he didn't listen to his wife. He prayed for his friends, and you know what? You know what he said to his wife? He said to his wife, he said, you speak as one foolish woman speaks. He says, shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? See, when he said that, he was fanning himself. He was fanning himself. He was refreshing himself. And you know what? He eventually triumphed over all the adversity and God blessed him and gave him twice as much as he had before. Isn't that wonderful? And in that moment, I'm I'm sure that Job was, 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 was thrilled that he didn't throw in the towel. He didn't give up. And quit. He triumphed over all the adversity. God gave him twice as much as he had before. You know, Job serves as the model of someone who refused to throw in the towel, but rather fanned himself with it without understanding the reason behind his difficulties. You know, that's one reason people throw in the towel a lot of times is they just can't understand why the things are happening to them that's happening to them. But you know what? That's where faith comes in. Remember, it's a good fight of faith. And when you don't understand why things are going the way they're, they're going, you don't understand why things are the way they are. You're sitting there thinking, I didn't do anything to deserve this. I mean, you know, but you don't understand. That's when faith kicks in. You don't throw in the towel, but you fight the good fight of faith. You fan yourself with the, with the towel. You fan yourself with the Word of God and you keep right on going. And I tell you what, Job is an excellent example of this and his faith in God God saw him through the most difficult circumstances of life. Glory to God. And then I think of another one, Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? And God used him to rebuild the wall there in Jerusalem after the 70-year Babylonian captivity. And if you don't know that story, let me just tell you, Nehemiah, uh, uh, he and his crew, as they began to rebuild this wall, they were harassed and they were ridiculed uh, in the midst of, of, of doing the work of God. You know, sometimes it's difficult enough just to do the work of God. Because, you know, God, he'll, he, he won't he will ever really ask you to do anything that's easy. He's going to ask you something that's going to take faith. Something where it's going to be some fight involved. You need to understand that. And Nehemiah was in the midst of a, of a fight of faith. And God had asked him to rebuild the wall, you know. And uh, it's hard enough to do that just, you know, if everybody's working with you. But if you study the story of Nehemiah, uh, he had people there that were harassing him. And harassing and harassing and there were three people specifically that just c- continued to harass him. Now wouldn't you agree with me? Sometimes it's hard enough to do the will of God when, when everybody's cooperating. But I tell you what, it's, 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 it's triply. Uh, quadruply hard, many, many fold more, more difficult when you got people fighting against you, you know, but that's what Nehemiah found himself in the midst of he, God told him, you know, and had him rebuilding the wall and he had people showing up harassing him. They were not there fanning him, you know, with the towel. They were there trying to get him to throw the towel in. And uh, and it got so bad that the construction workers, as they were out there with Nehemiah building the wall, they had their tools to build the wall in one hand and they had weapons in the other to fight off the enemy. You think about that. Think about what a difficult situation that is. Like I said, hard enough to build the wall if you can use both hands, but they couldn't even use, use both hands, so to speak. They had tools in one hand and weapons in the other, you know, trying to fight off the enemy while they're doing the will of God. And the, and, to the, and listen to this, to the taunts of the enemy, Nehemiah replied. Now notice what he did. He's building this wall. People are ridiculing him, making fun of him, tearing him down and all of that. And guess what he did? He didn't throw in the towel, but here's what he did. He fanned himself. Listen to this. He said this. He said, I'm doing a great work and I will not come down. That's what he said. He said, I'm doing a great work. He knew that he he could say that because he knew he was doing what God had told him to do and he was doing it to the very best of his ability. Nothing prideful in that at all. He just knew that he was doing what God told him to do and he was doing it to the best of his ability. Listen, if you're doing what God has told you to do and you're doing it to the best of your ability, let me tell you, you're doing a great work. And that's what he did here. He fanned himself, so to speak, with the towel and, and while he's getting these jeers and all these people are coming against him he says he says I am doing a great work I'm not coming down from this wall I'm not going to come down and stop the building process I'm going to keep right on going and doing what God going with God what God's told me to do and doing what God's told me to do I'm not coming down off the wall (laughs) praise God I'm going to just stick with it I refuse to throw in that towel I'm going to just keep fanning myself with it and you know what He got the wall built and he got it built in quite a short period of time. Much, took much less time to build than one would think. And, uh, and you know what else he did in the midst of that is he prayed and here, here's what he prayed. He prayed, Oh God, strengthen my hands. Oh God, strengthen my hands. I think that's a good prayer for all of us to pray. Oh God, strengthen my hands. You know, when you get low, when you get down, the enemy's taking blows at you. He's beat you to a pulp. You're laying on the mat, so to speak. You know what you do? Don't throw in the towel, but fan yourself and just pray to God. It's a very simple prayer. It wasn't long drawn out, you know. He just said, oh God, strengthen my hands. You know, some of the greatest prayers that we could ever pray to God are not long drawn out prayers, but just very simple things like, God help. You know, one of the greatest prayers you could pray is help, you know. And I tell you what, I think God will listen to that prayer a lot more sometimes than some of these long drawn out prayers that we pray. Lord, help me. You know what I mean? And, uh, oh, God, strengthen my hands. That's what Nehemiah cried out. He said, oh, God, strengthen my hands. And you know what? God did strengthen his hands. Nehemiah didn't throw in the towel. He fanned himself. And as I said, he finished that wall and it was victorious. Can you say amen? Glory to God. And, you know, I think about Elisha and his servant. Remember Elisha and his servant? When they were surrounded by the enemy. How many remembers that? And they were surrounded. They had enemies on every side. And when the servant of Elisha went out, there was an army, you know. They were surrounded. Surrounded with horses and chariots. And his servant said to Elijah, he said, alas, my master, what shall we do? Have you ever wondered what you're going to do? What you're going to do? That's one of the things the devil will come and hit you in your mind. What you're going to do? What you're going to do? Those thoughts will go through what you're going to do. What you're going to do? 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 You know what I've learned to tell the devil when he says what you're going to do? First, I tell him, shut up, you know, shut up, just shut up. Just in the name of Jesus, shut up. And then I tell you what, if you want to, if you want to do something else, when the devil Starts coming at you with what you're gonna do, what you're gonna do, what you're gonna do. You know what you do. You start telling him, uh, saying him, what you gonna do, what you gonna do. You know he's gonna wind up in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. Did you know that? And then eventually he's gonna wind. He'll be there for a thousand years. And after that, the Bible says he's going in the lake of fire for eternity. You start asking the devil what you gonna do, Buster. I tell you what, you'll find he'll leave you alone. I tell you he really he really will. But but you know, uh, 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 Elisha's servant said to, said to Elisha she said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're surrounded by the enemy. We're surrounded. What are we going to do? Are we going to throw in the towel? It looks like the fight is, is hopeless. There's no way that we can ever prevail against such a vast a vast array of, of, of the enemy here that has surrounded us. But you know, and in case you don't know the story, let me tell you, you know what Elisha told his servant? He said this. He said, do not fear. Do not fear. That's one of the greatest things we can, can do in the midst of a difficult situation is don't fear. And Elisha told the young man, he said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with the enemy. Glory to God. I tell you what, that's a good thing to fan yourself with. That's a good thing to fan yourself with. Those that be with us are more than than those that be with the enemy. Just remember that God has more angels than the devil has demons. Don't ever forget that. I said don't ever forget that. God's got more angels than the devil has demons. Don't ever forget that. Absolutely, the truth. God's got more angels than the devil has demons. And what you do is, in the midst of those situations where it looks like you're surrounded and the enemies are on every side, you just fan yourself with that right there. Those that be with us, those that be with me, are more than those that be with the devil and his cohorts. And you know what? That that brought encouragement, I'm sure, to that young servant of Elisha. And you know what happened? All of a sudden, you know, uh, his because Elisha prayed, God opened his eyes, and, and the servants eyes were open, and he saw over into the spirit realm and he saw that the hills were surrounded with chariots of God, uh, God's chariots of fire, glory to God. And then the Bible says that the enemy was struck with blindness. God struck Elisha and his servant's enemy with blindness and they came out victorious. Can you say Amen. amen. Don't throw in the towel. Don't surrender. Don't give up and quit. Fan yourself and say, hey, those that be with us are more than those that be with the enemy. And glory to God. I tell you what, you put yourself in a position for God to move and he will. And he's liable to just strike the enemy in some way. And and you'll come out ahead. You'll come out on top. But I tell you what, don't throw in that towel. Don't give up and quit. Can you say amen? amen? And then you've got Paul. Let me let me talk about him for just a few moments. Listen to what Paul the apostle said concerning his life. This is the same man that wrote, you know, and he said he said uh, uh, talked to us earlier about fighting the good fight of faith. This is the same man that said, you know, don't be weary in well doing, for in due season will reap if we faint not. Listen to some of the things that he that he said concerning himself. Listen to this. He said, "I've worked harder." I've been jailed more often. I've been beaten up more times than I can count. And at death's door, time after time. He said, I've been flogged five times with the Jews' 39 lashes. Think about that. He said, beaten by the Romans' rods three times. Pummeled with rocks once. That means he was stoned. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard traveling year in and year out. I've had to endure rivers, fend off robbers. I mean, we get upset here in the United States because we can't have lunch with our families on Thanksgiving. It's the truth. Hey, guys, we don't have anything to complain about compared to what this man went through. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? I mean, I'm sure Paul would have, would have been happy if the only thing that happened to him, he didn't get to have Thanksgiving dinner with his, you know, with, 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 with his friends. He had a, we gotta be watchful here in the United States. We're so spoiled here in the United States. The little, littlest old so thing happens, you know, and we think, oh my gosh, we're so persecuted. It's so bad. I tell you what, think about what this guy went, right here went through. He said, in hard traveling year in and year out, I've had to endure rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. You know, it's hard enough struggling with foes, but when you got to struggle with friends. He said, I've been at risk in the city, risk in the country, endangered by the scorching sun, the sea, storm, and betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. Think about that. I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep. Many a missed meal. Think about that. Blasted by the cold. Naked to the weather. And that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and and anxieties of all the churches. Think about that. Think about what this man underwent. And on top of all that, the Apostle Paul then talks about, if that's not enough, then he talks about having a thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan to buffet him. Think about all that. But you know what? In the midst of that, the same man that said, fight the good fight of faith. The same man that said, do not become weary in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we faint not. Now, if there was ever a man in the entirety of the Bible that had good reason to throw in the towel, it was the Apostle Paul. But you know what? He never threw in the towel. He never did. And when he wrote about that messenger of Satan to buffet him, and he said I sought the Lord 3 times concerning this, and you know what the Lord told him? The Lord the Lord fanned him. The Lord fanned him. It's really good when the Lord starts fanning us. And you know how he fanned him? He fanned him, and the Lord fanned he fanned the apostle Paul and he said, "My grace is sufficient for you." I tell you what, that's one of the greatest things that we can be fanned with is to know that God's grace is sufficient for us. And His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. What is his grace? Well, he's got saving grace, all right. When we call on the name of the Lord Jesus, we get saved. But he also has serving grace, and he also has standing grace. Now, his serving grace is his ability that comes on us to serve. But I tell you what, his standing grace, is his it's his power to help us get through the most difficult situations of life. And you see, Paul went through many, many, many difficult situations, and, and, and then he had that messenger of Satan to buffet him. But you know what? God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And, and he said, my power is made perfect in your weakness. So remember this, when you're weak, you're, you're, you're a candidate for God's power to come on you if you'll just look to Him and trust Him. And I tell you what, He'll fan you, like I said. He'll fan you. He'll tell you, my grace is sufficient and it is sufficient. And then you stand up in that power, that grace of God and you, and you just go right back into the ring and fight some more. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Amen. He never threw in the towel. Paul never did. You know how I know that? Look at Second Timothy four seven. 2 Timothy 4.7, he never threw in the towel. Because right near the end of his life, he writes this. He says in 2 Timothy 4.7, he says, I fought the good fight. Well, a good fight's one you win, isn't it? He said, I fought the good fight. Remember earlier he told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Remember that in 1 Timothy? Now we're in 2 Timothy and he says, I have fought the good fight. He said, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Glory to God. So you see, he never threw in the towel. He never did. And you know the reason that he didn't is because he had people, if you look at it and study his life, Paul had people to fan him when he needed fanning. Now, for example, look at 2 Timothy 1.16. Look at 2 Timothy 1.16. And notice what he writes here and he says, watch as he said, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Ones of Now a lot of people have never heard of Ones of but I tell you what, he's a very, very pivotal individual in the Bible. Because, And most people have never heard of him. But he was a great blessing to the Apostle Paul, who God used to write over half the New Testament, Yet most people don't even know who he is, but I'm telling you who he is today. The Bible tells us who he is. Onus Sephorus. Notice what Onus Sephorus did for the apostle Paul. The Bible says that he often refreshed me. Think about that. The Bible says, and, and God, uh, Paul writes here, and he says, the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onus Sephorus, for he often re-often, not just once in a while, but he often refreshed me. What did Ones Sephorus do? Well, he took the towel, so to speak, when Paul was down, when he was low, when he was struggling, when he was going through tough times, and, and, and was tempted to throw in the towel. onus Sephorus came along and fanned the Apostle Paul and refreshed him and built him up. I tell you what, we all need Ones sephoruses in our life, don't we? That's one of the jobs of a pastor is to be like Onus of Forth, is to refresh the congregation as they're beaten down during the week and then they come to the house of God on Sunday to get fanned by by the pastor as he moves under the power of the Holy Ghost and teaches the Word of God and encourages and builds up. Can you say amen? amen? And Onus Sephorus, that's what Onus Sephorus did for the Apostle Paul. He fanned him with the towel, so to speak, and, 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 and built him up so that the Apostle Paul didn't throw in the towel. And so that the Apostle Paul could, could one day write and he could say, I fought the good fight, I finished the race. Paul didn't write that until he was at the end of his life. And then there's another time, look at Acts, the 14th chapter. And let's don't just, let's don't just look for onus sephorises to fan us, but let's be onus sephorises to other people. What do you say? Let's don't always look to just get fanned, but let's be a fan for other people and encourage other people and refresh other people. What do you say? And remember, as you refre- the law of sowing and reaping goes into operation. As you fan and refresh others... Then others will come and fan and refresh you. Now, in Acts the 14th chapter, watch this, verse 19. We read, I told you a moment ago how Paul had gotten stoned, you know, pummeled with rocks. Now, watch this, Acts 14. Then Jews from this is Acts fourteen nineteen. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there to, to Lystra, and having persuaded the multitudes, watch this. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Now you think about a boxing match. You think about a wrestling match. I'll tell you here. Paul got stoned, and they drug him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Think about that. But watch verse 20. However, when the disciples gathered around him, the disciples gathered around him. Thank God for these disciples. Now, what did they do? I, I don't know exactly what they what they did. Did they do CPR? Did they do mouth to mouth? I don't know. But one thing I can be pretty sure that what they did is they, they more than likely began to declare the word of God over him. And speak the word of God and they began to pray and and, and and cry out to God. And what were these disciples doing as Paul lay there... And left for dead, close to death, if not dead. What were they doing? They were, I mean, you think about a boxing match. This, I mean, Paul got knocked cold. He's down for the count. You know, one, two, three. They were up, the, you know, what is it, a ten count? He was probably on about eight, nine, almost close to ten. But he had these disciples, and what were they doing? They were there fanning him, so to You understand, they were there fanning him, fanning him. I tell you what, you get stoned like that, you get beat up like that, you need probably more than one fan. You need a bunch of fans out there, right? They were fanning him and fanning him and fanning him, so to speak. But what does the Bible say? That after the disciples gathered around him, he rose up. Glory to God. He rose up and he went into the city and he continued with his ministry. And, and so that one day he could write, I finished my race. I finished my course. See, he wouldn't have been able to do that if it hadn't have been. For these disciples gathering around him and fanning him. Glory to God. That's exciting, isn't it? Thank God, thank God, thank God for people that will fan us when when we get beat up. Thank God for people like that. Thank God, thank God, thank God. You know, I tell you what, just when it looked like Paul was dead and his ministry was over and they've killed him, you know what? He rose up and he finished his course. You know, I think about, You know, I talk sometimes about wrestling. But I, I think about some of those wrestling matches that I used to watch when I was a kid, you know. Once I got married, I watched it for a little while, but my wife wasn't, she wasn't having no part of it. So I had to, had to, had to do away with it. I had to do away with it. I used to watch. <laughs> I used to watch those wrestling matches and I, I'm thinking of one one night when it was Harley Race, I don't know if you know who Harley Race is, but he was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and, and he was fighting this guy named The Thing, The Thing, if I'm not mistaken, The Thing. And I wouldn't want to fight a wrestler named the Thing, would you? And I mean this this thing beat the tar out of Harley Race, and you know Harley Race was one of my favorite wrestlers, and uh, my mother even liked Harley Race. Now my grandma didn't like Harley Race, but but I liked him, and, and uh, I mean he Harley Race had the tar beat completely out of him, and I I'd, I'd given up. I thought, oh my gosh, it's all over. Harley's done. And the thing had just beat the tar out of him. There's blood everywhere, you know. And and, and the thing had, you know, go over the top of Harley Race. And, and the referee goes to three count. One, two. And just as the referee get to three, you know, Harley Race would bring, it, bring his arm up, you know. So then the thing beat on him some more, you know. If you ever watch wrestling, and then the, one, Two and then just about the time the referee hit three, you know, Harley Race would be he'd be put, he'd put his uh, he'd put his leg over the over the rope, you know, over the rope because you couldn't be counted out if your uh, knee uh, leg was over the rope, you know. And, and this would go on and on. I'm thinking Harley's done. Harley Harley Race is finished. Harley Harley Race, it's all over for Harley, you know. He got blood coming. It's fake blood, but I don't know how they did it. But blood coming out, you know, blood everywhere, you know. And I'm thinking Harley, it's over for Harley. But you know what? All of a sudden, something happened somewhere in that match. Now, this was in an evening, and my mother had already went to bed... And and we had the screens because we didn't have air conditioning, unfortunately. So we had screens on the windows, you know. And Harley Race came back and he started beating up on the thing. And and, and this was summertime. And I tell you, I got so excited. I was screaming so loud. I wake the neighbors up. They told me the next day I I woke them up. Because you see, Harley Race did not throw in the towel. He didn't give up and quit. He just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on fighting. And he came back and won. Can you say amen? We don't give up and quit. I like what one preacher says. He says, we don't play nine inning games. We play till we win. Glory to God. Yeah. I think about it. Tell, I'm telling wrestling stories now. I remember another time when, when Harley Race was fighting Dick the Bruiser. I was down at the Keel Auditorium watching this one. It was a chain link fence match. You know where they put the chain link fence up around? I'm, I'm real civilized, aren't I? Yeah. And, and, and I remember I was down there with the golf pro. And we were at the Kiel Auditorium, and and Dick DeBruiser had Harley Race beat the tar out of him. He had him upside down. Harley Race was upside down between the over at the at the corner post. He was upside down. Harley Race had, was on his head. His feet were up in the air, and Dick the Bruiser took the took the the tag team rope and had his had his had Harley Race's feet tied up to the tag team rope, and I mean things didn't look good for Harley Race. And I'm sitting there watching this, you know, and I say to the golf pro. Now, if you knew the golf pro, you you could appreciate how funny this is. Uh, but I said to the golf pro, I said, I said, do you think Dick Bruiser is going to beat Harley Race at this point? And the golf pro, just that quick, he said, heck, he said, I can go in there and finish him off from here, you know. He said, all you do is you just untie him, drag him out in the middle of the ring and kick him in the head about 25 times and then cover him in <laughs> one, two, three, you know. I thought that was funny. But you know what? Harley Race, he was in a bad situation. Have you ever felt like the enemy had you? on your head upside down, over at the turnbuckle, and he had your feet tied up with the tag team rope in between the ropes and the chain link fence. Have you ever felt like the devil's had you in a place like that? I sure have many times in my life. But I tell you what, thank God the Holy Ghost has always had somebody come along and fan me, whether it's my wife or somebody else, or I just fan myself, glory to God. And you know what happened? Harley Race got loose, he got out of that, and he came back and he won the match. Can you say amen? Glory to God. We don't go by the way it looks. I tell you, a lot of times it looks like we're going under, going to be defeated, but we walk by faith and not by sight. This Bible says we win. I said the Bible says we win. I said the Bible says we win. You know, I think about a couple more real quick wrestling things. I think about that one wrestler. Years ago, they called him the Undertaker. I don't know if you ever watched Undertaker. (laughs) And you know, they'd just beat the tar out of him and he'd be laying there, you know, beat the tar out of him. And just when you think it's all over and, and, and the opponent is, it just thinks he's got the under, you know what the Undertaker would do? He'd just sit up. <laughs> he just sit up. Remember, I don't know. He just, if anybody out there on Facebook, maybe you watch the rest. He just sit up. And, you know, I mean, you know, how could this guy's almost dead? And he just sit, he just sat up. And when, and when the undertaker sat up, brother, it's over because he'd come back and he'd beat the, he'd beat his opponent and he'd win. I think that's what happened out there when they beat the tar out of the apostle Paul. I tell you what, they had to, you know, they'd stone him, and here comes the disciples, and they start fanning him, and I tell you what, he just sat up. I think when the apostle Paul sat up, I think it scared the living daylights out of the devil. I tell you what, we can do things to discourage the devil, glory to God. When the devil's beat us to a pulp, praise God, we just encourage ourselves in the Lord, let people fan us, and then we just sit up, glory to God, and when we do, I think the devil gets nervous. What about you? Glory to God. Paul just sat up, I think. And then, but the best one though, the best one of all, this, nothing else even comes close to this one, is Hulk Hogan. How many remembers the Hulkster? I mean, the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan, you know, and they'd come in, whoever he was fighting against, you know, they'd just beat the tar out of the Hulkster and they'd beat him and they'd beat him and they'd beat him and they'd beat on him, you know, and then again, there's ebbs and flows. The Hulkster, he'd have his good moments and then the opponent, they'd beat the Hulkster and then Hulk, you know, he'd have his good moments, but, but usually somewhere in the match, the Hulkster, they'd, they'd beat him and they'd beat him and they'd beat him. Sometimes they'd gang up on him and they'd have other people come in, you know, that shouldn't have been in there. And then the manager, you know, there'd be a manager, that would be Mr. Fuji or somebody like that, you know. They'd, be, they'd all be a bunch of, you know, so criminal that you remember Mr. Fuji, they'll sly Mr. Fuji. And they'd beat the Hulkster and the Hulkster would be laying there and it looks like it's all over. But this is the greatest thing of all. What would happen is the Hulkster would lay there and you think it's all over for the Hulkster. All of a sudden something would happen. The hulkster just starts shaking. Remember, he just starts shaking. He just starts shaking. He just starts shaking. His legs just start shaking. He just starts shaking, you know. He just, and when the hulkster started shaking like that, I tell you, you got trouble now. You got bad trouble on your hands when the hulkster starts shaking. I mean, he's down, he's beat up, you think it's all over. He starts shaking when the hulkster starts shaking. Watch out. Because he, he'd come back, he'd get up, he'd sit up, glory to God. He'd get up and he'd, he'd beat the tar out of his opponent. Can you say amen? I tell you what, I think that's what also happened to the Apostle Paul there. As he's left for dead, those disciples came around him, started fanning him. Glory to God. I believe the power of God came on him. I believe he he started shaking under the power of God. Glory to God. And he rose up. Praise God. And he went on and he finished his ministry. And he said, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what I think the church in the United States needs right now. I tell you. Some fan, some Holy Ghost fan preaching, praise God. Some Holy Ghost fan preaching, and let the power of God come back on us, and let us start shaking under the power of God like they used to do in days gone by, in days of yesteryear. Let's let's have some, some of the power. Let me let me fan you, glory to God. Let me fan you. Let me fan you, praise God out there in social media. Let the power of God come back on us again. Hallelujah. Let us sit up under the power of God as we shake back to under the power of God. We shake off all the stuff, all the grave clothes that we've we've been encumbered with and we, we shake all that off and we come back to life so to speak and we rise back up and be that great and glorious army that God wants us to be and we finish our race. Can you say amen? Glory to God. We don't give up and quit. We don't play nine inning games. We play till we win. Praise God. Can you say Amen. Glory to God. Whoo! Praise God. I've preached myself like the one preacher said, Plum happy, praise God. Some shaking under the power of God. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that weird stuff that happened some years ago. I'm talking about real shaking under the power of God. You go back and studies church history, and there was a move of God, where I think it may well have been here in the United States. Where people, they'd warn the people as a minister, the the evangelist would get up to preach. They'd warn the people because there were so many people. They'd go up in the trees and they'd get up in those trees to get a better view of the preacher. And they'd warn the people don't go up in those trees because the power of God will come you'll start shaking because people start shaking under the power of God and they and they'd fall out of the trees you know praise God I'm talking about a real move of the Holy Ghost I'm talking about a real move of the power of God I tell you just when it looks like the devil has the church here in the United States down for the count I'm here today as one sent from the presence of God let's fan the church let's fan the church let's fan the church and let's let the real power of God come back in the church and shake shake the church back alive and let's be all that we can be for God. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God, hallelujah! Praise God. Ha! <laughs> glory to God. That little shaking going on, little shake, rattle, and roll. Whew, glory to God. Can you say amen? amen? So let me close with just a few fanning verses. If I hadn't fanned you enough, I got about three more minutes to fan you. I, can you take more three more minutes of fanning? Yeah. This is called close by fanning. <laughs> I got that money. Close by fanning. <laughs> close by fanning. We're going to close by fanning. You know, before the 70 years of Babylonian captivity, Jeremiah fanned the people, and he said this to him. He said, I know the plans I have for you. See, this verse gets quoted a lot but people don't really understand the context that it's in. He said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Now that verse gets read a lot. It's a good verse, but that verse is set in the context. God told them this right before they they had 70 years of captivity to go into. I want to tell you that as I see ahead here, I see some challenging days here in the United States. I really do. But I want to fan you with this and tell you that even in the midst of of some challenging times that I think we have in front of us, to those who will walk with God and stay close to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to say this to you. The same thing that God had Jeremiah tell the people before they faced a challenging time. He said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Don't ever remember that. I'd make note of that and uh, use that to fan yourself in the days that lie ahead. And then I want to fan you with this. Paul declares in Romans 8, he says, Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, peril, or sword. He said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Think of that. In the midst of very difficult situations, we are more than conquerors. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any created being shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's good fanning material, isn't it? Right from the word of God. Paul further declared and he said, forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. He said, I press onward to reach the end of the race, the end of the fight and receive the heavenly prize. Fan yourself with that. He wrote and he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. He says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not the writings of a man who threw in the towel. This is the writings of a man who got fanned by the towel and who fanned others with the towel. And I tell you what, I want to encourage you as I close. Don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. There's so many people stop on six and they throw in the towel and they give up and quit. You may be wondering, what do you mean don't stop on six? Remember God told Joshua. We talked about him earlier in this message. God told Joshua when he was facing Jericho, what did he say? He said, circle the city once a day for six days. Is that right? And then on the seventh day, circle it seven times and blow the trumpet and shout. Remember that? But what would have happened if Joshua would have stopped on six and threw in the towel? The city would have never fallen. Don't stop on six. I tell you what, when you're doing something that God's told you to do, obey him and do exactly what he said do all the way to the finish. So many people hear from God all right, and they start out doing what God told them to do, but after one, two, three, four, it doesn't look like it's working, it doesn't look like it's ever going to come to pass, it doesn't look like like it's ever going to, going to really be a realization in my life. Well, we, don't, we must not stop on six, don't stop on one, don't stop, what if they would have stopped after they circled the city the first time and said it doesn't look like anything's going to happen? Well, God didn't say circle it one time, he said circle it one time a day for six days on the seventh day, circle it seven times and so forth, then shout, blow the trumpets, all that. We have to obey God. Can you say amen? Don't stop on one, two, three, four, five, or six. So many people stop on six. They throw in the towel, give up and quit. They stop one circling short, one thing short of getting the victory that God has for them. Don't stop on six. Remember, uh, uh, Elisha told Naaman the leper, he said, go dip in the, Naaman had leprosy. He said, go dip in the pool seven times. What if Naaman would have dipped once and come up out of the pool and said, does it look like it's working? What if he'd have dipped twice, two, three, four, five times? What if on six he'd come up the sixth time and there's still leprosy all over? So many people quit. They quit on four, five, six. No, 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 don't quit. Don't stop on six. I tell you what, Naaman went down that seventh time and when he came up, glory to God, guess what? The leprosy was gone. Can you say amen? So whatever you do, Whatever you do out on social media, whatever you do, obey God. Don't give up and quit. Don't stop on 6. Let's obey God to the finish. Let's don't throw in the towel. Praise God. I fanned you here today. I trust I've refreshed you. I trust I've built you up. We don't give up and quit. We don't throw in the towel. Now I've refreshed you. Now rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost and go out and do what God's told you to do. Can you say amen? Stand with me if you would you're watching on social media and you don't know jesus as your savior the bible says whosoever shall call on the name of the lord will be saved so with a repentant heart call on jesus invite him into your heart he'll come in you'll miss hell you'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime and remember take this message today as great encouragement be fanned by it and go out and do all that you can for the lord jesus christ god bless you and uh we love you are we off